Good morning. So good to be able to gather together, worshiping our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on this, on this Independence Day weekend, if you will. Obviously, it's a time where there's a lot of travel that occurs. For those now tuning in online as well, whether you're watching at the immediate moment or subsequently in the days, if not weeks to come, warmest welcome as well. Now, what I'd love for you to do is to join me this morning. We're turning in our Bibles to what has been known throughout the years as an extraordinary missionary uh, type psalm. It is Psalm 67. And yet, while it has global implications, what I want you to see is the national application for a weekend like this, direct bearing upon what it is that we are considering and what it is we're celebrating over the course of these days. A little bit of a background to what you and I are looking at as we move into Psalm 67. There are seven psalms that have to do with direct opposition to God's messianic plan. Psalms 54 through 60 describe in detail the way in which the opponents of God have, have made it very difficult for the gospel to go forward. Beginning in Psalm 61, what we see is that the, the messianic king, David, he makes this appeal to God. God, intervene. You ever been there? God, intervene in the circumstances that I'm facing in life. Well, you know what? Beginning in Psalm 64, onward, you see, uh, 65 onward through 68, these are four psalms that, in essence, are God's response, God's response to David's prayer. He says, I'm going to intervene, and your kingdom will be perpetual forever. Now, what we've been noticing, of course, in Book 2, is that the term for the sovereign one of this universe is not Yahweh, capital L-O-R-D, but rather Elohim, G-O-D. In other words, this is a universal statement that God is making via David to the world with regard to his plan of redemption for all peoples at all times, including the peoples of the USA. You're going to notice in the superscription this morning that in Psalm 67, this is also to the choir master. Uh, it's, it's devoted to be sung among the Jewish people. It's with stringed instruments which have been close to David's heart, a psalm, a song. And now what I want to do is notice with you as I read how God bookends this. You're going to want to see how verse 1 that talks about God's blessing connects with verse 7, which has to do with God's blessing and ties everything together now so naturally. Check it out. May God be gracious to us. And bless us. And make his face to shine upon us. And then the musical term. 
Selah. I want you to pause and think about what was just said. Then you pick it up in verse 2. And that your way may be known on earth. Your saving power among all nations. The response. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Consider its application to this weekend in the U.S. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. And from David's vantage point, the USA is the ends of the earth. And so what we want to do now is to be able to pull all this together and understand the blessing of God and how it relates to a nation as we look to God now in prayer. And so, Father, what we want to do is to explore your word, the depths, the breadth of this. We want to be able to be involved not only in accurate interpretation, but wise application. We want to connect what was said then to where we're at now. Father, you know the needs of the hearts. Our hearts go out to the Ron family, seeing many of them in first service, with less now having gone home to be with you. Pour your spirit upon them and encourage them at their point of need. Father, there are all kinds of needs. Those watching online, maybe in the stillness of a particular room, maybe four or five people gathered around a screen at this moment, reflecting upon how your word relates to their life circumstances. You know the needs of the hours. You know what keeps us awake at night. You know the struggles of that, of that daughter and that son who at this moment, someone here is praying for intervention. You're the great interventionist. You send Jesus to die for our sins, intervening for us. Now in heaven, interceding for us. Praising you for that. So Father, the collective now, we are coming together allowing for your word to speak to our hearts. Warm these hearts. Engage these minds. Shape these wills. On this Independence Day weekend, even now, we come here to see Jesus. Him only. 
praying these things again now in, in Jesus' name. Amen. His name was Adoniram Judson. He had a great burden to be able to reach the people in Burma with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But instead he was thrown into prison and wondered how on earth God could use him in those kinds of confined settings. The mercy of his captors. It all seemed hopeless in his estimation. Uh, he found frustration at every angle where he tried to minister. But in that prison, where his captors were jeeringly saying to him, and now reading from his biography, What about the prospects of your gospel now, Judson? His response was quick, unhesitatingly, quote, They are just as bright as the promises of God, quote, unquote. When you're going through extraordinarily difficult times, your promises, your outlook, your perspective is as great as the promises of God. What stands behind Psalm 67 is an outstanding promise delivered to Abram and his descendants by God. We're in Genesis chapter 12 of verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, go. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I'll make you a great nation. Listen for the blessings. Tie it to Psalm 67. I will bless you. Make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you I will curse. And you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And that stands in the promise realm of what Adniram Judson was claiming and when you're facing extraordinarily difficult times in your own inner sphere of living, the challenges you face are such they need to be put in proper perspective. You need to understand the promises of God. This morning, what I want to do with you with just seven verses now is to extract this idea of how the promise relates to the blessing that's found here in these verses. And there are three stanzas for you musicians, three stanzas that I want to draw out here that help us to understand not merely musically, but personally, how these verses relate to modern day life. And the first is found in one through three. That as you and I, as we consider the blessing of God upon people, I want to begin here by noting with you the purpose that God has established. The purpose that God has established with those blessings. Start her off in verse 1, would you? And notice that it says, may God be gracious to us. 
and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Notice he said us. Jew and Gentile alike. And then he hits the pause button. This is the rest in the measure of life. Says, Selah. Now, do these verses sound vaguely familiar to you? You know the blessing. We've sung it in prior Sundays. But there's a story that relates to this subject. It was after a service on a Sunday morning in New England. And look how Terry, she came walking up to me, a smile on her face, newly saved. Her husband, golf pro, standing right by her side. And said, Gary, but would you be willing to come to our house, newly constructed, and pray the blessing over the house? I knew where she was going with this. She was a Messianic Jew. And they, and they embraced the idea of the ironic blessing of number six. And then she added, I'm going to have over 30 relatives there, including a brother who's a rabbi. Would you pray the blessing over all of us? And I said, yeah. And she invited some from the congregation as well. And so I began by simply reading from Genesis chapter 12. And I said to them, um, this is your grandpa that God was speaking to. The smile on my face. When... He said to Abram, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I paused. I did my Selah. And then continued, I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In other words, I said, you, the Jewish people, are called by God to be a blessing to the nations. And then I lifted my arms and pronounced the ironic blessing from Numbers 6. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Grace. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Linking this together, Afterward, her brother, the rabbi, walking by, stopped and said, we've got to get together and talk. 
Now, what I want you to do is link together what I just read from Numbers 6 with Psalm 67, verse 1. What are the similarities? What are the differences? Do you remember? It began in Numbers 6, the Lord bless you and keep you. In Psalm 67, verse 1, it says, May God be gracious to us and bless us. Two thoughts. First, in the ironic blessing, the term for the sovereign one, L-O-R-D, Yahweh. But you see, in Psalm 67, which is in book two, the emphasis is upon the term Elohim, in the Hebrew, G-O-D in the English. What David was doing was saying, in essence, God wants to bless Jew and Gentile alike, and he will work through the Jews to reach the Gentiles with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you then caught off guard when you find out that there was a placard over Jesus' head that was in different languages for both Jew and Gentile to read? Or in Romans, where Paul declares that this gospel is to the Jew first, but also to the Gentile. In other words, it's through the Jews to the Gentiles. Did you notice furthermore, not only did he choose to use the broader general name, Elohim, rather than a specific Israeli covenantal name, Yahweh, he said us. He didn't say Quoting from Psalm 67, it says, If God is speaking specifically and exclusively to the Jews, the Lord bless you and keep you. Now it's being stated, may God be gracious to us. And he says this to people where we found in Psalm 64, 54 through 60, this includes David's opponents. Those that are pushing back against God's messianic plan. And it's all, it's all about grace. May God be gracious to us. Now he's saying, we're all in this together. Bless us. And make his face to shine upon us. And now you pause and you drink up the blessing. America longs for the blessing. Lee Greenwood did. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I worked for all my life, and I had to start again with just my children and my wife, I, I thank my lucky stars to be living here today because the flag still stands for freedom. Can't take that away. I'm proud to be an American, where last I know I'm free, and I won't forget the man who died, who gave the right to me, and I'd gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today, because there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA, and you ponder the wording, and you go back to the text, and may God be gracious Elohim, be gracious to us. 
and bless us and make his face shine upon us. And now you notice the threefold us. No wonder he wants you to find that, that rest in the middle of the measure. Selah. But then you join me when I'm young and my, I walk into the building, the church facility that my grandfather had overseen the construction of in his construction firm. After the offering would be taken, everybody would stand, and I remember it still very vividly. Praise God, we would sing, from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. People long for the blessing. So in verse 1, what you and I are told is not only the source of the blessing, it's God, and utilizing the Elohim in this, universal, but the threefold us in this, wrapped up in, in verse 1, God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. And then you, you pause, don't you? And then you inch into verse 2. You notice our heading for this first stanza, the purpose God has established. And now he's going to offer you and me, he's going to offer us the purpose, the reason why we're blessed. Ever pondered that? Here's the blessed part right now in terms of purpose. That your way may be known on earth. That's global missions. But did you notice, and it's in the original language, it's in the singular. Did you see here that he says that your way, not our way, not other ways, it's a singular, and furthermore, it is God's exclusive way. And you rapidly move forward to that incredible statement by Jesus in John chapter 14 of verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. And you say, but God, why don't you offer more than one way? The more important question is, why does God offer any way? He does not owe us. We embrace the exclusivity that your way may be known on earth, that your saving power among all nations, of which we are beneficiaries. And so now, what does he say? Let the peoples praise you. Let all the peoples praise you. We're praising him for the saving power that's described here once we embrace the singular the singular way that is being offered to you offered to me the statement you see of of salvation 
This is important to be able to understand. If you and I were to enter into a session Supreme Court, what you would hear declared is the court-martial announcing at the beginning, God save the United States and this honorable court. Which means then that all the hearings of this past year were introduced with that statement. Now, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Think about this. April of 2017, Neil Gorsuch becomes a member of the Supreme Court. October 2018, Brett Kavanaugh becomes a member of the Supreme Court. October 2020, Coney Barrett becomes a member of the Supreme Court. Three new justices in four years' time. When you're considering the overturn of Roe v. Wade, bear in mind that in May of 2018, in the midst of all this, the American embassy was moved from Tel Aviv of Israel to Jerusalem. Question. Is there a correlation? Is there a connection? Is there a possibility that what God was doing, in essence, simultaneously, was using this principle found in Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, and then being applied in Psalm 67, when Abram said, And I will make you a great nation, I will bless you. He says to the Jewish people, make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Is it possible that this nation has just been blessed because this nation has been a blessing to the Jewish nation? A question that needs to be processed. A question that needs to be answered. More of that in just a moment or so. But what you and I are now grappling with and processing at this is that this is the grace of God. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. And this is because of the petition found in verse 1 about God's grace. God's grace. You ever been in LaGuardia Airport? Have it's named after the five-foot-four-inch former mayor of New York City who served during the Great Depression, all of World War II. He was a character. In spare time, loved to hop on a fire truck and ride around in New York City with the firemen, take entire orphanages to baseball games, and then when the New York newspapers went on strike, would go on radio and read the Sunday uh, comics to the children who would tune in. One night, 
The mayor turned up in a night court that served the poorest ward in the city of New York and dismissed the judge for the evening and took over the bench himself. And within a few moments now, reading from the story that describes the scene, tattered elderly women is brought before him charged with stealing a loaf of bread. She told LaGuardia that her daughter's husband had deserted her. Daughter was sick. Her two grandchildren were starving. Depression time. But the shopkeeper from whom the bread was stolen refused to drop the charges. It's a bad neighborhood, Your Honor. She's got to be punished to teach the others in the neighborhood a lesson. And LaGuardia sighed. Turned to the woman. Turned to the woman and said, I've got to punish you. The law makes no exceptions. Ten dollars or ten days. But then as he pronounced the sentence, he was already reaching into his back pocket, extracted a bill, tossed it into his hat and said, and here is the $10 fine, which I now remit. And furthermore, as he looked around the courtroom, I'm going to fine everyone here in this courtroom 50 cents for living in a city where a person has got to steal bread so that her grandchildren can eat. He turned to the bailiff and said, collect the fines. Give them to this lady, our defendant. Newspapers picked up on it, reported that just under $50 was turned in to this bewildered elderly lady who had stolen a loaf of bread to feed her starving children, now had a lot of money to feed her starving children for that in those coming days. Fifty cents of that amount contributed by the red-faced grocery store owner. Some 70 petty criminals People with traffic violations, New York City policemen, each of whom had just paid the 50 cents for the privilege of doing so, all of whom stood in that courtroom, standing ovation. And the newspaper said, it was an act of grace. You get it? When a nation begins to embrace the Jew first and also to the Gentile, and that grace comes to us through the ultimate Jew, Jesus Christ, who died in our place for our sins. Here is David, even able to say to his enemies, may God be gracious to us, number one, and bless us, number two, and Make his face shine upon us, number three. No wonder then he inserts a Selah at this point. He wants you to think. We've got to get our people and our culture to think. And where does this blessing come from? That your way may be known on earth, that you're saving power among all nations. So what's the response let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. As the court-martial announces, God save the United States and this honorable court. You're up to the second stanza. 
Because in the second stanza now, what you and I find here is that here is not only the purpose that God has established in one through three, but particularly verse two, but now the praise that God has deserved that you and I spot in verses four and five. So what should be the response of this nation? Let the nations be glad. Sing for joy. Why? Twofold. For number one, you judge the peoples with equity. And number two, guide the nations upon earth. So what is the relationship of a nation to the Jewish people to be? If in fact is what was read to that gathering in in New England, from Genesis chapter 12 verses 2 and 3, that The Jews were to be a blessing to the nations, and we are to bless the Jews. Then are we the least bit surprised when Harry Truman, when he became president of the United States, some thought it was an accident. I would argue it was an appointment. His closest friend was a Jew. And in the establishment of Israel as a nation in 1948, his closest friend appealed to Harry Truman to go out of our way to acknowledge the statehood of Israel. And he did. He did. Is that a coincidence? We would say not. What we see here then is the strategic plan of God unfolding. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity. And here is 1948 unfolding in front of your very eyes. Guide the nations upon the earth. Was his close friend, Jew, was that an accident or an appointment? Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Accidents in time, appointments with time. Years ago, a traveling man came into a hotel room, secure room for the night, told every room in the building had been taken, troubled, unto a Another man standing nearby offered to share the room with him, and the offer was accepted. Getting ready for the night, the man who offered the room knelt and prayed, tenderly mentioning his guest for the night in his prayer. And in the morning, the biographer tells us, his host informed him that it was his custom to read a portion of the word of God and pray before taking on the responsibilities of the day. And this had an incredible impact upon this fellow traveler. And so when given the opportunity and the gospel was shared, this individual accepted Jesus as personal savior. Another man won for Jesus. An accident in time or an appointment with time? Who was this one who was sharing the gospel, who resembled so much a member of President Woodrow Wilson's cabinet? When the business cards were exchanged, 
To the guest's amazement, it read, William Jennings Bryan, Secretary of State. Now, this is how God guides. He guides the nations upon the earth. You say law here. You pause. You think. You link now verse 3 to verse 5. First stanza was second stanza. Because again now, at the end of the second stanza, the appeal is made. USA, listen in. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. At a crucial moment, ironically, the most irreverent of the founding fathers suggested that the delegates gather to pray for illumination. 1787, ten sweltering weeks, deliberations of the Constitutional Convention had reached an impasse, states differing over, over their views of representation, threatening to derail the Constitution. Franklin, Benjamin Franklin said, the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth. God governs the affairs of men. James Madison, author of the First Amendment, before any person can be considered a member of civil society, he or she must be considered a subject of the governor of the universe. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you, people of Israel, about to face still another election, people of USA. Onward to the third and final stanza. Because as you're pulling together this whole dynamic of what is to be then a relationship to God and how does the Jew relate to the Gentile and this overarching strategy that God has for all of humanity, you looked at the purpose, you considered the praise. Now thirdly, the provisions that God has made in verses 6 and 7 where now you and I look at the blessings that God has given to us, even economically. Israel was an agricultural society when David wrote. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. In other words, now you've come full circle. You started with the blessing, you end with the blessing. But even more so, what's interesting now, is that as it began with the Jews blessing the Gentiles, the Gentiles in turn blessed the Jews. Now the Jews are being blessed. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. And therefore, here is the result of all this, as you see in verse 7. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth, north, south, east, west, 
including the USA, fear him, and the fear him idea carries with the idea of to put trust in him, to put faith in him, his messianic plan. Hillsong. What gift of love could I offer a king? What weight or worth should, could be held within my offering when he alone is worthy? A glory song is inscribed upon my heart. This treasure held in an alabaster jar I break to bring him all the glory. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures below. And when we embrace those truths, we're able to understand what took place around that house as a rabbi was listening rather carefully as the ironic blessing was being offered to the Jewish people and Gentile alike. Let's stand together. We're pondering, Father. Coincidental, accidental, or providential. Three justices a time in which the embassy is transplanted, shifted from Tel Aviv, so secular setting, to Jerusalem, the city of promise. Trying to understand the relationship of the USA to Israel. Pondering how a Truman would have his closest friend a Jew who would be used as his, as his co-business partner to be the means by which USA would acknowledge the statehood of Israel and then getting real personal and that if the God of the universe could respond globally to the needs and the prayer request of a David he can respond right now as the great interventionist to the personal needs, the relational needs, the heart of a parent regarding a child for the one who's processing the idea of blessing right now. So, Father, on this Independence Day weekend, we find our dependence in you and want to give you all the praise from whom all blessings flow. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.